Welcome to another episode of the Game Preview Podcast. Jets Bills in Buffalo. Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland going back to Buffalo. Feels like forever ago the Jets and Bills played week one. It's crazy. I mean, it just this season, every, I feel like I say this every single year, but this season in particular, I'm like, wait a minute, it's week 11? Like, how are we here already? Yeah, it's gross. It's disgusting. It's almost Thanksgiving, which basically means it's almost Christmas, which basically means it's 2024, which basically means it's almost the, the Super Bowl, works. which almost means it's time for the combine and I free think agency. it's 88 days till the Super Bowl. That's 80 terrifying. something days. That is terrifying. That's crazy. Yeah, Shout they sent us out a Betts. newsletter. They sent us a, a newsletter every day with like the NFL topics, like just what's going on. It's really good read, actually. And that, but at the top of it, it always tells you how many days until first the Super Bowl, and then it and then it's to the draft, and then it's to the start of the season. You're like, oh my goodness, like it's crazy. There's always something. Look, the New York is the always city that something. never sleeps, but the NFL is the sport that never sleeps, and that's a fact. There's always a mm-hmm. tentpole event month by month, but in this tentpole. week. Jets Bills, week 11. One, if you're listening to this, you'll hear from Brant Boyer, Jets special teams coordinator, about this matchup, how his unit's been doing. EA caught up with him. But the biggest news of the week, Cynthia, and I think we should start here, is that the Bills have fired Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, after Monday Night Football, where the Broncos beat the Bills 24-22, wild ending out in Buffalo. Just what was your kind of knee-jerk reaction to getting rid of someone who has been coordinating a unit that is statistically pretty good. Yeah, well, look, what's Sean McDermott going to do? Leslie Frazier is already my coworker at the NFL Network, so you yeah. got to do something. You got to do something. I'm not, you know, I maybe maybe the um you know, Microsoft Surface tablets wanted revenge from last season. I'm not sure. No, I'm just kidding. But no, look, when I'm looking at this team in general, you know, they're probably just, they probably view it as a way to shake things up because the defense is still pretty banged up. I mean, Daquan Jones, you know, obviously, you know, Matt Milano's huge. In this past few games, Mike Hyde hasn't played. So I'm just talking about, that's just the spine of the defense. Then you add Tredavious White, Sure, they got Rasul Douglas, but, you know, they're not – it feels like their window is closing, and maybe it's already closed. I mean, the, the they're, they're out of the playoffs right now, and if you look at their remaining schedule, it is a gauntlet. So I think they're probably trying to shake it up a little bit, and, I, I mean, it's not really the offense's fault, though. So – what are you gonna do? Fire yourself? Yeah, like, it's weird. I'm out. I'm gonna tap out. You guys, I'll see you later. You know, like, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. So <laughs> it, it's a little weird because like uh, I all the tweets make crack me up when Tuesday morning it was like I didn't realize it was Ken Dorsey's fault that you know the the Broncos missed a field goal and then they came back in and then they had another chance and they made it and Josh Allen threw an interception like oh yeah totally Ken Dorsey's fault. Look, I well, understand. Like remember and also a tip for this weekend. Uh, they just broke ground on a massive new stadium, right? And the traffic by the stadium is a total nightmare. So if you're there, just keep that in mind because they don't have the, they destroyed mm. a parking lot to do it. You know, Jets fans know a little something about destroying the parking lot to put. Anyways, but <laughs> when you're when you're when you're going there, you know, I think that it's there's just huge expectations when you under when you undergo a massive a job like that. <laughs> they're just it just raises expectations even higher so 
Yeah, I think it's a great point. And the Bills have been so good for the past couple of years that it's like, what's that next step going to look like? And by all accounts, it seems like the team, you know, granted some of it is injury related, some of it might not be, has taken a step back from what we've used to seeing, at least in through the first 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. They have time to change it if that's what's going to happen with the Buffalo Bills, but it might not. And the guy that's taken over for Ken Dorsey is Joe Brady. A little bit about him. I really feel like he had his claim to fame in 2019 when he was the passing game coordinator for the LSU Tigers that, of course, were headlined by Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, uh, Justin Jefferson. I mean, first of all, that uh-huh. offense, uh-huh. just saying that is ridiculous. Those three guys. Wait, and you're even missing, like, the the running backs. Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Who by, I know that this year he's not been great, but at, back at that time he was – an yes. exceptional running back, right? I mean, he earned himself like a very high pick by the the Chiefs. So, and say, I mean, if we're going a step further, like Lloyd Cushenberry, the offensive lineman, he was a, a high round draft pick for the Denver Broncos, and so like that team was stacked, no doubt about it. Joe Brady gets a job at the Carolina Panthers, offensive coordinator, couple seasons, then he gets let go, goes to Buffalo, quarterbacks coach, and Sean McDermott now has hired him as the interim offensive coordinator. All this to say. Like, I think there are Jets fans out there, Cynthia, who are like, great, like, come on. Like, they do the shakeup now. Like, this is how it works in the NFL. little shakeup, and then all of a sudden, boom, they play better. We saw it in Las Vegas the week before the Jets played the Raiders. Like, infused spark within that Raiders locker room. They beat the Giants 30-6. to Granted, Tommy DeVito's playing. They're banged up. So I don't know how much you can really take that into account. But I think there's a, a group of fans who kind of – that's the kind of thinking they're in. Like, of course, now the Bills are going to score 52 points every game, especially this week, because they just hired or fired and then hired somebody else. You don't seem to be buying that at all. Joe Brady is not AP, like number one. Like Antonio Pierce is a very special human being. Like he has a ring on his finger that shows that he won a Super Bowl. You know, and I'm not suggesting that Joe Brady isn't special, but he's already been there. And I know that Antonio Pierce was there too as a linebackers coach, et cetera. But like, it's just a different, it's just a different thing, right? The way that they're run and the way that the, you know, Sean McDermott runs a really tight ship. He hates, like, I don't know if, I know all hate coaches hate penalties, but like, like there's this vein in his head because I saw it on the sideline, I saw it and it like, like it gets like, <laughs> and that's in a preseason game if there's a penalty. So, you know, look, like it's just a, it's the system isn't going to change much. The, Maybe the the communication will change, meaning, you know, who is in Josh Allen's ear and what maybe the, you know, Joe Brady being like, what do you want to do? How do you, what, what play do you want? Maybe it's more collaborative. I'm not sure. We'll hear more about how this is actually working, but it's a very tight ship. And I think what happened before was like, that is a whole regime change. Like Josh yeah. McDaniel and Antonio Pierce are not the same person. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> to look, put it mildly. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're definitely not the same person. And like Mm-mm. this, it's weird though because <laughs> the Bills are so talented on offense. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, James Cook, just to name some of the players, not to mention guys like Gabe Davis, the two tight ends, and Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. But really, when you look at it, it's not like the stats don't indicate that the offense seems to be the issue. They're top five in most categories. Does it? That's why I'm thinking, like, the Jets fans should have before been like, this offense is going to be, like, this is a, this is a, the good on good 
pieces, right? Iron sharpening iron. I hate that analogy is overused, right? The, 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 the Bills offense is still really good. Yes, they can turn the ball over. We got it. James Cook, not usually a ball turner over. He can do it too. But, you know, like we know that Josh Allen can throw an interception. Got it. We know that he's good for, you know, three in that first game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that uh, maybe one of the defensive backs for the Jets may have gotten his bonus in one game. But, you know, like, the, <laughs> why not? But but the truth is, is it's not, you know, they. I think they just needed to shake things up. And I don't think it was, you know, it's going to be whether or not this bill, it's all about this game will be won or lost based on if the Jets can score enough points. It's not about if the Bills offense is so broken, right? Like this is yeah. a, you know, it, it, it's just, to me, is it, it's the Jets offense versus the Bills defense. That's going to be the question mark, not the two that are the both awesome sides of the ball. Yeah, I think it's a great point. The other thing about the Jets um, and well, first of all, the one thing about Josh Allen, his passer rating at home, much better than on the road. 109.9 at home in Buffalo, 79, I think, 0.3 at home. But the Jets have done a very good job against Josh Allen in his career, let alone under Robert Sala and what the Jets' defense has been doing the past two seasons. You know, you mentioned you mentioned the Jets' offense. And before we hear from Coach Boyer, I just want to talk about this a little bit. The Jets haven't scored a touchdown the last two games. They've scored one over their last three. It was a 50-play or 50-yard play, a 50-play. Could you imagine a 50-play drive? That would just be ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> be I don't even think penalties. that's possible. How yeah. many penalties would you have to have in that, right? Like That would be that would just be one for the ages. But regardless, it was a <laughs> single-play, 50-yard catch and run. So the Jets have a players-only meeting recently trying to work out you know, what the issues are, how they can fix them for a division game in Buffalo after dropping two in a row, which a lot of fans think that, like, they could have and should have won against the Chargers and the Raiders. All this to say, this Buffalo Bills defense, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, and I'm curious where you stand, is a little different looking than even week one. Tredavious White out of the lineup, Matt Milano out of the lineup. What do you make of the Buffalo Bills defense as it currently stands? Well, um, there's some areas to target the, um, you know, the front, I think, you know, Wheeler Von Miller's good. He hasn't played to the best of his ability this season. So far, he was nursing an injury in the beginning of the season, obviously coming off IR, et cetera. But like AJ Epinesa has really taken a big step forward. His get off time is really fast. Like I, again, you know, I'm, I'm trying to point out areas that could disrupt the opportunity. If they can get it to that linebacker level and target the linebackers or some, the safeties not named Jordan Poyer, they're going to be in good shape. The cornerbacks last game, Christian Benford didn't play. So they're at like yeah. cornerback number three to begin with. Right. So Rasul Douglas just learning sort of what the principles of this defense happen to be. He's a good fit, but he's not really in it all yet, but it will be whether or not Zach Wilson has enough time up front to execute or can get it to Brees Hall because you can run against the bills. You can run and you can run fast against the bills. Like Russell Wilson showed you that maybe not the running backs for the Broncos, but Russell Wilson showed you that you can run fast against them. And that is something that Zach Wilson took advantage yep. of a little bit against the Raiders. So definitely something to keep an eye on as the jets play the bills. But you know, we often talk about offense and defense. Let's focus on special teams. Let's actually hear from coach Boyer with EA. We got a special guest today. It is Jets special teams coordinator, Brant Boyer. Thank you so much for joining us. Anytime, buddy. Good to be here. Jets bills this weekend. A lot of good memories, I imagine, from week one. Can you take me back to overtime? 
Well, it was a, obviously a big challenge. These guys have a, a really good group. Buffalo's very physical, and they've got a really good group of core guys and, and really good specialists, and they're really well coached. So to start off the year like that, you know, was, was special in that environment. And it's one of the, since I've been here, I think, in, in eight years, I think that's probably the best environment I've ever seen around here. And to end it that way was, was, was special. And, and uh, you know, just got to continue to try to get that return game going every week. How pleased are you with your kicking combination of Greg Zerline and Thomas Morstead? They've done a, a fantastic job. Ar arguably, you know, two Pro Bowl type of players so far this year, and they've been really consistent. I mean, they're such great guys to come in um, every day, and they take a leadership role in the room, and and you know, can't forget Henny, and you know, snapping the ball to him. That's done such a great job, and and uh, you know, really happy with that group of guys. Um, quality, great men great leaders and great teammates. From a coverage perspective, can Morstead be too good sometimes? I don't think you can ever be too good. You know, I, I, just my humble opinion, I mean, he's, he's arguably a Hall of Famer. With him, you know, whether it's directionally or whatever, whether it's hang time, whether it's distance control, trying to create, you know, a, a chance, eliminate those chances for the, the, the guys to back there to beat us. And, and uh, you know, certainly the last couple of weeks, we, you know, he's punted the ball pretty well. We just haven't covered it the way we need to be, and it's not it's not up to our standard and, and what we need to get accomplished. How rare is what he accomplished against the Giants when you're talking about three balls down inside the five-yard line? That was one of the best overall punting performances I've ever seen in my life. I mean, really? it, it, yeah, it was, it was a special performance. 100% injury league. What happens when one of the best coverage guys in the National Football League, like Justin Hardy, goes down? You know, it's been tough because he's, he's our leader of the room. When you take a player like him and a leader like him away from your room, it, it, it has hurt. And it's just a matter of trying to make adjustments. And then you, the, the guys that are, that are relied upon to come in and, and pick up the slack, so to speak, they're doing a solid job. You know, we just got to tackle. And, you know, um, I think we've, we've missed too many tackles in the last several weeks. And, and we weren't in the spots that we need to work with our, with our core. And we've got to do a better job, you know, coaches and players are getting those, putting their guy, our guys in positions to make those, uh, make those plays. And, and that needs to really, really improve to give us a chance going down the stretch here. What's Irv's potential in the National Football League? Because Salah said when he made this club, special teams wolf. I think that, that he has as much natural talent as any, any player that I've worked with. Um, he really does. He's good in all phases, blocking phases and coverage phases. I think he's got a really bright future. How valuable has been Jamie and Sherwood for you guys? And defensively, he comes up with a big play last week against the Raiders that keeps this team in the game. He's been outstanding and a guy that, that has taken a, the leadership role when, when Hardy went down um, you know, for the group. You know, a guy that doesn't make many mistakes. He's always on point. He always knows his stuff. And those kind of guys are invaluable to guys like us. So Sherwood had the force against Josh Jacobs. The guy who recovered that fumble was Ashton Davis. What can you say about his versatility across the board? He's the quarterback of our, of our you know, punt team and, and gets all, makes all the calls and does all the, the stuff that we ask him to do. And, and uh, you know, to see his progression since he's been here along with Sherwood, um, both those guys have, have bought in 100%. It's a good thing to have, that's for sure. We started this interview talking about X. He's so special with the ball in his hands. He's a dynamic runner. What is the transition for him in terms of from college to pro and when saying, hey, I got this opportunity, 
I can take it out now, or sometimes I got to live to fight another day. You know, there's a feel back there that all that all players have, and and the and the special returners in this league, they understand when to take a chance and when not to take a chance. Once you get the ball in his hands, he's you know he can take it to the house at any time. Talking to other coaches after the games and everything like that, they're the way they kick to him is different. He has a healthier respect from all the other coaches that we play in. And I think there's no better games than what you're seeing in the last two weeks and I want how they've tried to control him, kicking it out of bounds and kicking it up 5-0 hang times and stuff like that so he doesn't get the opportunities to beat him. How big is this game Sunday? Jets, Bills, return matchup. And also, can you speak to playing in Buffalo and Western New York and what potentially could happen with the weather? Yeah, it's, it's, it's always a tough place to play. Um, even going back to when I was playing, those fans up there are awesome. Um, they do a really good job, you know, rooting for their team. They're, they're crazy up there. It's, it's a pretty cool environment to play in. We're going to have to be on point this week, and, and uh, we've got to do more in the return game specifically. Um, you know, and our coverage has got to be on point. We'll, we'll try to get them there for sure. It's going to be critical for, for our special teams to, to play really well. Brant, I appreciate your time as always. Anytime. Heads up, Jets fans. There are more identity threats than most people realize, and you can't catch them all on your own. It takes a team. LifeLock catches the identity threats you could miss. If something happens, your own U.S.-based identity restoration specialist will work to fix it, backed by our million-dollar protection package. Plus, Jets fans can score 35% off their first year. Go to LifeLock.com Jets or use promo code JETS at checkout. That's 35% off lifelock.com. Shout out Coach Boyer, one of the best in the business coaching special teams. Shout out to EA. You're listening to the Game Preview Podcast presented by Lifelock. John Polano back in the fold. Clap it up. Yep. What is up? What's up? Which way? I'm trying to point. Um, You should lean. You should point to your left, lean to your right. Here, we can high five. Yep. Wait. Yep, yep, that there he is. There he is. <laughs> Boom. There we go. That was beautiful. There we go. Perfect. That was tough. That was <laughs> that was awesome. That, <laughs> look, it, it's it's getting dark special at like teams. That's our special teams right there, you yeah, know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh I have something insider for you to for you to watch at this game too in Buffalo for everyone who goes. If you notice that after the the Bills whenever they have that tee out, right? After kicking, whenever they're gonna kick it to to start the game or whatever, there's a man who runs out and runs back in and they time him. And there's even a Twitter account. (laughs) So silly, but I love these inside stuff. Like you're like, why, why do they do that? But it's, it's what they do. Do you (laughs) think, what do you think your time would be? Mine would be terrible. Cause I'd be like, I'd want to go slow. I'd be like, I want to see what this feels like right now. But you've ran like 26 marathons. You can't be slow. Oh yeah. I don't run them fast. I mean, I run them at like a decent pace. No, you're being too modest. You, I would set. What would you set the over under at, Polano, for Cynthia's T grab if she were full sprint? Ten seconds at most, maybe eight. What? So what? Side sideline to T to back. Let's let's do some math here. <laughs> Fifty three yards wide, right? Sideline to sideline. You got to mm-hmm. run halfway yeah. essentially. Yeah. So yep. you know, a little more than twenty five yards. Oof. All right. Mm-hmm. Wait. Hold on. So so you're running a total. You're basically running fifty three. Yeah, fifty yards. So right. uh, your 50-yard dash with a uh, change of direction. A little you. more. With a change of direction, yeah. and you have to scoop down. And yeah, it back 8 up. to 10 Anyways, seconds. Yeah. 8 to 10 seconds? She's she's fast. Okay, but what is, <laughs> what is the over-under? It's not going to be 8 to 10. All right, 9 and a half. 
Oh, okay. I, I like that. I take the over. <laughs> you take the over? Cynthia, we, oh. we the New York does have a T kid who runs out and grabs them. I know. So. I love when it's a kid, but now it's like, I just think it's funny that it's like a full blown man. Like, <laughs> you, you know what's, you know what's going to happen now, right? Polano and I are going to oh, be yeah. in the press box timing whoever it is at the there's next a, Jets there's game. There's a Twitter account. They, there's a Twitter account you can follow. I, I don't follow even mean the Bills guy. I mean, like, next, oh, whoever runs out at, at mm-hmm. MetLife, yeah. mm-hmm. we will be timing them, unbeknownst the to the kid. kid. You know? yeah. That T kid needs it. <laughs> that is incredible. This was a great way I to start the segment. I train Gordy to do that. That's what I need to train Gordy to do. Yeah, why yeah. do we not have a T dog? T dog? That, that sounds like so a minor cute. league thing. It is, like a bat dog. Yeah, like yeah, bat dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. No. Mr. Johnson brings his dog to practice. When I was there, the dog was at training camp. Do you think Herb Herb Street's dog would do it? I think Ugga, the Georgia dog, would do it. Ugga's time. Do you think you could be faster than Ugga, Cynthia? Yes. Okay. I could beat Ugga. Okay. I could beat Ugga. Ugga might fall asleep while he's out there. (laughs) (laughs) Ugga gets tired. Yeah, Ugga's just crashing midway. That's tough. We can't be doing that to Ugga. Are right, we ready to rock? I think so. That, that was a good little appetizer. I feel back. I'm a little sleepy, but I think I'm back. That, right, that fired me up. Perfect. All right. Ethan's awake. Perfect. Cynthia's awake. I'm barely awake. But I want to do with you guys a little game preview podcast rewind. So okay. this is our first rematch of the season. Obviously, we get three rematches for people who follow football. And I want to see how this matchup is different and or similar to the one early in the season. Just I like it. Okay. Yeah, Sound like fun? I, I like it. I like it because it's different, and we can see this is like this could be like a freezing cold takes or cold takes exposed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could be good. I got four Cynthia Freeland quotes oh, from good. the first I, podcast. Scott Free. There we go. I would like to read off, and we can we can compare and contrast a little bit, and okay. find out how I want to find out how this matchup will be similar or different from the experts' perspectives. And sure. You two are sure, my sure, my sure. free experts. I get to hang out with every day, so. Sure. Sound good? Yeah, I'm ready to roll. I'm liking where this is going already. All right, the first one we're going to start with is James Cook, Buffalo's running back, who you guys like lightly mentioned earlier. But so here's Cynthia's, this was Cynthia's expectations. He is going to be their inside and outside guy, but be especially impactful inside and run behind those guards that they invested in. It will be interesting to see how he is outside of Damian Harris because James Cook has a lot of pass-catching versatility. I think this game is... And to start the season is going to be high volume for James Cook. Now, obviously, Damon Harris was placed on IR after like a kind of a scary neck injury in week six. And Latavius Murray has picked up his slack a little bit. He was signed in May. But Cynthia was pretty much right. I mean, through 10 games, he has 120 attempts, 615 yards, five yards per carry. But so, Cynthia, from your vantage point, how has Cook been used to start the year? And does it feel like similar usage to game one to now? I think they're expanding his role a bit, but Latavius Murray has come in and absolutely just been the athletic back, not just when, when not just after Damian Harris's injury, but also before Um, the right tackle Spencer Brown, who gets a number of penalties called on him. He's actually really good at run blocking. I did not expect him to take such a big step forward in run blocking. So I would say that it's still a big, like the, they need to figure out more with the run game, especially in the red area. They cannot have weird, untimely turnovers there. But, you know, I, I, I think it's probably like 80% of where they would like it to be and where maybe it, it could be if they had some different, they, they do some weird stuff, right? Like don't run it on third and 12. You know what I mean? Like put them in a situation to succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Even, the, the yeah. other thing I was just going to say off that is like as it pertains to this matchup, 
the Jets are coming off a performance where Josh Jacobs had over 85 yards in the second half alone. Like they did a yeah. great job in the first half. And I'm not saying the Raiders brand of football is the same as the Bills, but when I feel like when the Jets have gotten bitten on defense, it's typically been on the ground, whether that's the quarterback, whether that's the running back, and obviously with James Cook, and then you factor in Josh Allen, like being able to use his legs a lot. I definitely mm. think that James Cook is somebody to watch, especially like how the Jets are going to prepare for him and rebound theoretically after letting Josh Jacobs have a season high in terms of rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, there's two schools of thought there, though, because James Cook had a very weird game last week. And I don't know if, like, Ken Dorsey tended to, when someone made a mistake, he would try to let them fix their mistake. And he held James Cook out for a long time in that last matchup. It was kind of strange, not strange, but not what you typically see from his data. So it will be interesting to see if Latavius Murray gets more of the kind of easier first and second down stuff that they want. it, It might be Latavius more than James Cook is my only point. So it sounds like to me, James Cook got doghoused in that first game. Is that true? Yeah, 12 carries. No, in last game. Last, last game, sorry, and then last he game. he got out of it, too. He he got out of it, too. Second half, he got out of it. So I, I'm not sure what to make of that. So if you go back and watch that last game as you're preparing for this one, like, you know, all fans, obviously, we're doing it on your Game Pass or your <laughs> NFL Plus. Um, you'll notice, like, he, you know, fumble, lost, you know, lost the ball. They didn't put him back in until, like, the second half. Then they were like, go out there and do something. And he actually started to play better in the second half. But I don't know, with Ken Dorsey gone, if that's going to mean a more Latavius and James Cook split. Like, if you're a fantasy player and you're really desperate, like, if you if Latavius Murray is somehow available in your fantasy league, that might be one to pick up. That's my, my only point. Yeah, and that first matchup, he had 12 carries mm-hmm. for 46 yards, no touchdowns, 3.8 yards a carry. So, relatively ineffective? Sleepy. Yeah. Sleepy. But, but then... To Cynthia's point, last week, 12 carries, a buck nine, and a 42-yard run, which he kind of like dribbled to himself. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That's pretty nice. That's pretty (laughs) nice. All right, we can rock on. I appreciate you guys there. I needed my expertise. uh, I feel feel smarter than I did a couple minutes ago. All right, so Cynthia, this is your expectations week one for Quinn and Williams. And also remember, this was week one, so this was also coming off of the preseason. Yeah. So Cynthia said, I'm not expecting an encore. What's better than an encore? Like an encore plus? (laughs) (laughs) That is a great quote. (laughs) It's another year. Inside someone's system where you're you're really featured and you have to stop multiple players on every down. So, Cynthia, I would say you were right. I know his sack numbers are not fantastic, but like as a team, the Jets have 100 pressures, which is second best in the league. 35 QB knockdowns, sixth best in the league. 11.8% of QB hurries on dropbacks. And Salah said that Quinnen is single-handedly opening up opportunities for other guys. So would you assess his year as such, despite only having one sack? I don't care about the sack. I mean, I do care about the sacks, but to assess this to the season and say that his one sack makes him not play being as effective as last year is incorrect. He's being double and triple teamed at a much higher rate than he was last season, which allows other people to get in, which is exactly what coach said, right? So not just that, but like, you know, I think if I'm like, you know, hopefully Quinn and Williams and Bryce Huff have the same agent because I think that Quinnen has helped Bryce put it, put himself in a situation to get paid. I think Quinn has been great this year. Yeah. Like he it, has, it, it's, it's so I understand the sack production. Everyone wants more sacks. You, yes. could have, you could have 25 and you would want more. 
And uh, I think with Quinn in like, granted, I am not an expert in defensive line play, but I did see Next Gen Stats put out something that he's leading the league in terms of pressures when double teamed. Mm -hmm. And like that to me speaks to how effective Quinn and Williams is. Now, also, I will say, I think it would be a lot different for that whole defensive line, especially Quinnen, if the Jets, and I'm, I'm interested to see if and when this happens, are playing with a lead. Because mm-hmm. if you're playing with somewhat of a significant lead, I don't know if you can devote the same type of resources to double-team Quinnen Williams every single play, where you got to get the ball out, you got to get the ball out deep, and then you're leaving one-on-ones on the outside for Bryce Huff, as Bra- uh, Baldinger calls him, the Bugatti. <laughs> Or Jermaine Johnson or any of these guys, like I think that if the Jets were to play with a lead, you would see, um, you'd see like hunting season a little bit more. Yeah, if you go back and to that, also yeah. they don't really blitz a ton, right? They they're doing this with bringing four. Yes, which is or in- fewer. Incredibly, so it's not a it's not a high blitz. Blitzes turn into sacks. You know, sometimes people forget that when we say pressure, we don't mean blitz. Blitz yep. and pressure are two different things. So you know, it's it's a it's it's just it's a function of how they're playing. They don't like it's kind of a good thing that you don't that you can be this effective on defense and you don't even have him getting these massive sack numbers. Like that means your defense is really good. <laughs> like <laughs> we want team wins here. Cynthia, you also are kind of like a Bills expert. Is how has this Bills offensive line been throughout the year since that first matchup? Is this something that's susceptible to our defense? They're, the left side of the Bills line is very good with pass protection. The right side is not. The right side is better with run blocking. The left side is less. They're not bad at it, but they're less good. Like the left tackle, Deion Dawkins, left guard, those two together, they've allowed one sack this season. They're, and by the way, Deion Dawkins has allowed no sacks. Mm. So but the, two, the left side is very good. The right side, that's where the sacks come from, and that's where the pressures come from. Obviously, Josh Allen moves around a lot, so it's a little bit different, but – that's where the that's where the the sacks come from. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, mm-hmm. let's rock on to the next one. Run let's at do... the right side if you want to sack him. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Tips. That, that's a good tip. Uh, let's do one more. One more. Your quality control coach already knows this, so okay, great. <laughs> Not breaking news here. <laughs> All right, we're gonna do one more, Cynthia. Are you okay with hearing one more of your quotes? Of course. All right, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I hope you, it's a marathon quote. You said. <laughs> <laughs> you said you have to give Stefan Diggs his respect because he's one of the best receivers in the league. But they have the recipe, and they, meaning the New York Jets, have the recipe for not allowing him to be an impact guy. Defenses have to choose what they want to take away, and the Jets have to- chosen to take away Diggs. Now, statistically speaking, you weren't completely right week one. Diggs obviously had 10 receptions for 102 yards and a touchdown. But throughout the year, Diggs' numbers have been kind of up and down. He started really hot, five straight 100-plus 100 plus receiving yard games, or five out of six games to start the year. And then the last four weeks has been under 100, while the Jets have only gotten better. 924 receiving yards by wide receivers in 2023, least amount in the NFL. So, Cynthia, what do you say about this uh, good take, but not your best take? Not my best take. Um, well, two things. Number one, you know, when all like you look at Josh Allen's interceptions and go back, like if you ever want to know where someone's vulnerabilities are, watch who they're targeting when they throw an interception. So go back. It's really fascinating. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. It's so fascinating to watch Brock Purdy, but he's only played 17 games, right? Like 
just going to watch wh who they're targeting and what they're trying to push it to. And it seems like almost all of Josh Allen's interceptions have come on passes intended for Gabe Davis, at least recent ones. And part of that is because Stefan Diggs, he's got this, like he had the most yards on a hitch route in the NFL since he joined the bills. And the second is like goes other than that, like those. And so you're going to stop him on the hitch. Then now they got to go to Gabe Davis and Josh could push it down the field because they're afraid to lose. You know, like, so that's kind of what I've been noticing when I watch it. And again, it's a really fascinating thing. Like if you go back and watch the target when an interception happens, you can, you can, you're like, ah, don't do that. Like, obviously it happens too fast for someone to not do it. Right. But like, it's, it just, it's fascinating. So, you know, I think part of it is as teams have devoted more resources to Stefan Diggs, then there's been weird, like maybe the, I don't know what's going on with the, with the other part, but I think you see more resources devoted to him in double coverage, not just, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. And I think Stefan Diggs, to your point, like up and down, like just statistically, but it almost feels like kind of like Quinnen, like he's such a good player where like you do have to give him respect because if you don't, he'll burn you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. Uh, the stats are what they are in terms of against the Jets in week one, but the Jets did a great job against Stefan Diggs last season. So, and I do mm -hmm. think that, I think that the Jets defense has gotten better as the season's gone on. I know they were great that first game and they've really been great all year, but to Cynthia's point, like it's not going to be about the Jets defense and the Bills offense. It's going to be about the Jets offense and the Bills defense. Like that's where this game comes down to. So we can talk about Stefan Diggs and I, I think that he's a phenomenal player and you know, the connection he has with Josh Allen is great. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure I saw something that like talking about their stats since they were together, like where it ranks in the NFL since he was acquired in 2020. It's like it's the creme de la creme. But mm -hmm. to Cynthia's point, it's just going to come down to the Jets offense, which is what's been missing from their games. There are so many like I'm not expecting Garrett Wilson to need to catch a pass like he did in week one. But there are so many holes to that secondary that I just think. Like if I would devote, I would put two people on Garrett Wilson every single down and just make, make them beat you somehow somewhere else. Right. Like, cause yeah. Garrett Wilson will dice up that second, like the way he runs such precise, precise routes and his ability to create separation when it really doesn't look like there should be any, like I see people press him and he's not like the biggest guy, but it's like, he doesn't even care. Like he reminds me of Gordy, Gordy, like a cat will hiss in his face. He's like, what's up cat? Like he doesn't care. Like that's Garrett <laughs> Wilson. Like, it's the same thing, and I feel like to Cynthia's point, if you're the if you're the Bills, you're probably going to be like, "Hey, we're going to stop Brees Hall or try to." Like we we see the stat, or not that not that Sean McDermott and his staff are like, we see the stats when it's but like you know Brees Hall is just a great player, and the Jets are a different team when he gets going, like in Week One, and that was he had ten carries, a buck twenty seven, an eighty three yard run, and that was. Mm -hmm on a pitch count. So now that he's off the pitch count, like to Cynthia's point, that's really where I'm looking at too. Yes. The, it's Brees Hall. To me, Brees Hall probably determines this game. Like the, maybe not the, the strategy to get him going. How about that? The strategy to get Brees cooking. Mm -hmm. What? Like Brees cook. 
if I can add one more thing, with these divisional yeah. matchups, I feel like these guys know each other so, so, so well that it kind of comes down to, and this is one of my favorite terms, field tilters. These are guys like Quinnen, guys like Brees, who, while it may not visually be yeah. affecting the game, they're tilting the field. They're forcing people to go in a direction that they don't normally go in because they're just drawing so much attention. So I feel like games like this come down to it, divisional matchups where you know the guys so well. Watch Ed Oliver and watch AJ Epinesa. It's the to me, it's Ed Oliver, AJ Epinesa in the middle of that defense for the Bills and Brees Hall. That's the those are the two because you're gonna get a few deep plays to Garrett Wilson, but you need to have like first and second down be good enough so that you're in yeah. third and short. And so stay uh, in structure. Also, Joe Tipman, just shout out to him because you were talking about Ed Oliver and AJ Epinesa, specifically Ed Oliver defensive tackle, but Joe Tipman. Zero pressures allowed, 46 pass block snaps in terms of Mm -hmm. his second career game at center last week against the Raiders. So here are the tips for if you're going to Jets-Bills. Watch out for Ed Oliver. Tipman. Tipman. Watch watch out (laughs) for Joe Tipman. That was good. That was good. Watch out for Ed Oliver. Watch out for A.J. Epinesa. Watch out for the T-Man. And watch out for the traffic. Anything else? Um, The best wing in Buffalo is where? Bill Bar Bill. Bar Bill. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two words. You, you bar Bill. You're a Buffalo guy. You know. I'm a Duff's kind of guy, but that's just just classic. Okay, so Duff's Bar Bill. I've never been to either. I've been to Gabriel's Gate. That was good. Oh, okay. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and and again, watch the T guy, and that's that you got it. Can we call him T Man, or is that like T Man? I I gotta figure out what his name is. I'm sure he has a name. He's like he's a man that runs after a T. I don't know. It's funny. <laughs> T guy, <laughs> like, T Man. You know what? This, Grown man, you are grown. You're fully grown, sir. We're still setting the over. I think we might have to record like us running after the tees and set our own over unders. That's that's our homework for week twelve as the Jets take on the yep. Bills this week, then short week against the Dolphins. We'll still be rock and rolling here on the game preview podcast presented by LifeLock. If you're watching the Jets, that's 425 Eastern Jets Bills in week eleven.